Wait, time. are you sure it's recording? I'm pretty sure. Wait, pause Let it. <laughs> so we were in fact recording. Yes, yeah, so we were. We double checked, and accurately enough, the mic was on. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been so long. We were relearning how to do all this, and you all get to witness that. <laughs> okay, but also our conceptions or time are very limited because we've only been on this earth for 21 years. So six months forms a huge percentage of what our lives are. Yeah. So even though it hasn't really been that long. It went by fast. In the grand span of our lifetimes. It's a long time. Like a Six months is a long time. One second of my life. Exactly. That's like so much. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Audrey. Hi, Maritza. Hi. We've seen each other, but we've seen each other, but not in this context. No. This is different. It's it's kind of bringing me back. It's a whole it's a whole universe. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm smiling a lot right uh, now. Me too. No one can it's see. It's a it. lot of smiles. <laughs> Yeah, thank God there's not a mirror in here because I would look so stupid. You can kind of see yourself in the glass. I can't mm-hmm. because this chair is short. Yeah, we're back in the recording studio. In New York! In New York, together again. We're, we're holding, holding hands. hands. <laughs> yeah, very vivid descriptions because this is radio. Well, not really. This is podcasting. This is the radio. Career. This is iTunes or SoundCloud depending on where you're mm-hmm. tuning in from. Well, we're back and we have some stuff we think we want to say. We yeah, as always. And if and if it's not what we think we're gonna say that we say, still we have stuff to say. We'll right? keep ourselves on our toes. Yes. Yeah, it's been a long time, but season two, I guess we could call this. Mm-hmm. Um starting it out strong. Strong as ever. We um I guess we're calling this episode quote end quote badassery. Mm-hmm. Because we want to celebrate our return. I was going to say our return to the screen, but that is not what this is. <laughs> our return to your ears. Um, Which we think is pretty badass pretty of badass. us. Pretty badass. There's a, been a lot that's that's happened since we were last with you all. Yep. And, and we'll share some of that and I'd talk about to. some things. All right. All right, so what have you been up to since we last Guard. talked over these microphones? Where do I start? Um, what was the last episode? The last episode was our favorite things. Yeah. So I yeah. really? Oh, yeah. Because I recorded that from my basement at home in Minnesota. And I recorded over... it from my host family's bedroom. I well, my bedroom that. in my host family's house in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yes. Jesus. We are now on the same continent again. Yes, thank God. Um, well, I guess I could start by that. I was in a different continent for a while, and then I returned. But you all knew that. I returned to New York in at the end of May, so like the last few days of May I was here. I didn't go straight home to uh, Mexico or California at all. Um I just came to New York, and I braved the weather, and I said, I'm going to come and just figure out a living arrangement before my final year of college starts and hope for the best. (laughs) So I flew here from BA, and then uh, I was living 
in a sublet with a friend of mine that I met in BA. Well, I knew before, and I met in BA, and now is um, living with me and Audrey. Okay, there's so so many updates. Um, so this beautiful person, we were living together over the summer, and I was working, and this beautiful person is credited with with the title of our the name of Murder Weather. Yeah. And this was before I even knew this beautiful person Mm -hmm. because I knew this beautiful person or I met this beautiful person through Audrey. Yeah. Pretty wild world. I wonder if this beautiful person wants to have a different name on our podcast. We'll have this beautiful beautiful person. person. Oh, I'm sure. On. Um, Yeah. And then, well, we did some pretty significant things together this summer. Mm -hmm. Would you like to share? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a whole whirlwind. Like our momentous. Yeah. Well, I Go got on. back to New York beginning of July, mm-hmm. and that day, you all, like, looked at three apartments. Yes. Oh, I <laughs> Audrey didn't even see the apartment before signing the lease with us. Yeah, and she then, like, two days her. later, we we applied, and then, like, two days later, we assi- we signed the lease. On, on ju- And on July 4th, the American Independence Day, we got approved. Yeah. So that was sort of our big adult thing of the yeah. summer was moving that to was Brooklyn. That was huge, everyone. We moved to Brooklyn. And God, if I could even explain to you the stress that it could cost <laughs> me. Like, it was disproportionately unreasonable how stressed I was by this whole process and how much, like, the stress had physical, like, demands on my body. Like, it really, yeah. even though it... Like I like everyone foresaw everything was gonna be fine. Oh, it's still Jesus, moving was is it. a lot. Yeah, like I was stressed enough. I and I only had to move basically two suitcases because the rest of my stuff was still in storage. Yeah. So of course, many of you can probably relate to this. Mm-hmm. But was... I think I was just shocked because I was coming from. First, I was coming from Buenos Aires to New York very suddenly and then coming into an apartment here and then having to move out of that apartment two months later to a new one that was going to be more permanent yeah. but not and you just had no enough. time to and, and like, just, settle or just I don't and I thought adjust. I did because I usually I I pride myself on being a very adjustable human like really fast I like adapt myself really fast mm-hmm. but I've come to understand that I adapt really fast and then two months later like the backlash of the like speedy adapting Hits me. Yeah. And that's totally what happened this summer. But it seems that I'm sur- I am have survived it. Yeah. yeah. We've settled into our new place. Yeah. Um, we're all hip now, I guess. We've changed? I suppose. <laughs> no, we haven't. I feel like we're the same people. A little different. A little, like, grittier. We both turned 21. Oh, yeah. In case you were wondering how... <laughs> How young. old we are now, slash young. Slash young. We're very young. I feel like I'm very old at heart, though. I know. I feel like I'm very young. I'm very... I'm very... No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, not going to say that. I think of myself as a naive grandma. Mm, I really like that description. You know, like, still very... I don't know a lot about the world, and I know that, but also, like... I like to knit and My mom and Aristotle and both bed. always say that <laughs> the marker of a smart person is knowing that they don't know. Yeah. Knowing and the what marker they don't of know. a fool. This is also in I think it's in As You Like It by Shakespeare. It's like a wise man knows that he knows nothing and a fool thinks that he knows everything or something like that. Right on. I could be butchering it. Sorry, Will. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, we turned 21. We signed a lease. We moved to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Where in the world did you travel this summer, Audrey? Share oh, with the crowd. I did some travels. Um, my brother and I went to Wales. Literally. Um, I stressed a lot about money during the trip. <laughs> Which is, like, the only way to live. Yeah, I just... Looking back, I'm like, oh, man, it's all fine. I wish I hadn't stressed as much about that at the time because then there were some points that I just couldn't enjoy it as much. But it was beautiful. Wales is lovely. My brother Owen and I took a trip because he graduated high school. And our some Shout of our family. Shout out to Owen. Yeah, hi, Owen. He's in college now. Um, some of our family is from Wales. Like, Perry is um, a Welsh name. And, and as you guys have heard before... Audrey was teaching herself Welsh. Yeah. At one point in... I'm pretty sure we mentioned this on Murder yeah, Weather. last semester. Yeah, I haven't been keeping up with that as much, but I do remember some of it. There's a lot of consonants. <laughs> um, whole words without any vowels. Lovely. Which is fun to pronounce. But it is um, a really interesting language because a lot of... Um, English comes is derived from Welsh and other like Celtic languages of the region. Right on. Um, but like the butchered version that the Vikings spoke when they came. So that's fun. Cool. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. We kind of just traveled all over, saw a lot of sheep, um, some nice mountains in Snowdonia. I there was one point I made Owen and I stand in Snowdonia National Park and I read a Welsh poem. Oh my god. That sounds like <laughs> I a made dream. Him endure it. it was nice. And then after that, we went to um we met up with my mom and stepdad in Croatia. Oh, which is beautiful. I highly recommend it if you can ever get there if you're lucky enough. Um it's amazing right on the Adriatic Sea. <sighs> beautiful clear waters um it's like a climate a lot like italy and greece and it's just so nice um i don't even know like to little like hills by the sea or like yeah it's a very it's like a rocky coast Mm -hmm. um it's just wonderful and then we went further inland there's a like pletvitsi national park or Lakes National Park, and it's just all this series of lakes that all come from, like, this this same waterfall, and it's just, like, waterfall after waterfall after waterfall, oh. and it's, like, the brightest turquoise water, and it's I so pretty. Waterfalls. And it was, yeah. There's so many of those. We took a day trip to Bled, Slovenia, <gasps> Lake Bled, um, near, like, the Adrian Alps. No, the Julian Alps. Oh. Julian. Um, oh, and that was amazing too. And it was all wonderful. And those are those are my travels. Yay! Very quick version of them. I, I got some nice like <laughs> Mama Mia moments. The one thing I wanted to do during the trip was like go on a boat in the Mediterranean, like that the best film scene of all time in Mama Mia when Amanda say say Fried, however you pronounce mm-hmm. it, Seyfried, um, and all the uh, the three others, her, like, dads, um, mm-hmm. all go on a boat and they sing that song. I've just wanted to reenact that scene my whole life. And we did something I have, like, like negative that. associations with <laughs> Mamma Mia, which is why I don't like the movie anymore, even though it's objectively a good movie mm-hmm. or musical or whatever. Because, like, in my Mexican Catholic school, I we did we used to do dance recitals for... 
for everything. So um, we would do one for like Mother's Day. We'd do one for Christmas. We'd do one for um, even Father's Day. Like even though our parents like would rather have not gone to our thing <laughs> too. But so once for Mother's Day, we did a whole thing on Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. And we spent like the whole semester practicing it. And yeah, and it was just like the repetition of listening to Mamma Mia sung by like Mexican school children. I was <laughs> just too much, you know? <laughs> and whenever I listen to the songs, I'm like, no. Oh. Well, I used to have, I think that can be reversed because I used to not like it that much. And then last winter, I took a trip with my friends from back home. We went up north in like Wisconsin and stayed at a cabin and we watched it on a cold January night and danced and sang and now I just have the warmest memories of it yeah I need that wonderful (laughs) yeah tell me about or tell everyone more about your travels Ooh. Ooh. okay it's gonna have to be very condensed Mm -hmm. I'll run through um, yeah, so as you all know, and as I've said a million times before, I was in Buenos Aires, Argentina for the uh, semester, and co- I'll shout out a couple of the cities that I went to in Argentina. Um, Buenos Aires, of course, the capital. I went to Mendoza, which is the on the e- west part of Argentina, and it's like the wine country, and it's really nice, and it's close to chile right on the border of argentina and chile and we were going on like the basically it's the andes like the mountain ranges there Mm -hmm. um and it was so cool we went on a on a the highlight of that trip well there were two highlights of that trip one was that we did a sunset horseback riding tour (laughs) um on like in one of the big mountains and then uh, the other highlight was that there are hot springs in Mendoza, and we went to a hot spring uh, spa that was basically, like, enveloped around beautiful mountains and beautiful sceneries, and it had all these different pools and nice spa-y things. It's, like, the fanciest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And it was quite inexpensive, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Bariloche, which is all the way south on, in Patagonia. And that's basically, like, the ski town. So people go there in the winter a lot. And it was beginning to be winter towards the end of my stay in Argentina because the seasons are flipped. Because it's on the other side of the equator. Um, Southern Hemisphere. Exactly. Um, and there, was, there wasn't there was any snow when we went, but it was really cold, which was nice. And we did a lot of hiking. We hiked for, like, eight hours one day and saw the most spectacular views I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it was truly out of this world. And some of the best pictures that I've ever taken. And we met cool people there. Um, There's, like, a big craft beer scene, which was nice. Uh, What else did we do? Oh, it was just... But it was only three days. We went and we took a bus from Buenos Aires, which was literally i'm not kidding 30 hours each way on a bus and on the way back our bus broke down twice which i don't want to make general statements about like argentinian infrastructure for bus companies because i took them other times and they were great but that particular one Mm -hmm. was just a bad experience but aside from that i mean the trip itself was so worth it that i don't even remember the trauma (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to Mar de Plata, which is a city, um, a few, just like a five-hour drive from Buenos Aires, and it's where a lot of 
college people go to vacation because it's a beach town and there's not a beach in Buenos Aires. Um, you have to go there or to uh, Punta del Este, which is another fancy, but it's like way fancier. But we went to Mar del Plata, went to the beach. Uh, this was a school trip, so I went with all the people that were in my program. And then Iwasu was like my favorite, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. after Buenos Aires was it's the up north in basically on the border of Brazil, Paraguay, and and Argentina. So it's where the huge waterfalls are, the the largest waterfall system in the world. Mm-hmm. They're called Cataratas de Iguazú. And I went there with my mom, which mm-hmm. is, as, as maybe I've mentioned before, my favorite person in this universe. And we went there before our trip to Peru, <laughs> which was... Or these were the most hectic days because we did every. We went to Iwasu for three days, went back to Buenos Aires for three days, and then went up to Peru. But in Peru, we went to Cusco, of course, the capital, and we saw all the stuff there. And then we went to Ollantaytambo. I wanted to say that a lot. Ollantaytambo. It's a town in the Sacred Valley, um, and it's Inca era, and there's. Uh, some of the biggest after Machu Picchu, obviously, um, adobe buildings and like uh, stone terraces where they would grow crops and etc. And there's a few temples there as well, and it was just amazing. Like I can't even express how cool it was to see all of that, learn about the history, interact with with locals, and just be a total tourist because we totally took like one of those buses that takes you around um and then we went to Aguascalientes which is the little town where it's called also Machu Picchu Pueblo Machu Picchu which it means Machu Picchu town Mm -hmm. and that's where you stay to go up to Machu Picchu um so we did that and that was an absolute transcending experience that was like you know number one on my bucket list for a long time and pictures are amazing oh my god I'm like just thinking back to it I feel so fortunate to have been able to go on that experience. It was, like, such a um, out-of-this-world. And I actually recorded all these clips for Audrey when I was there, like, when I did all these separate uh, travel experiences. And hearing them back, I'm like, I like I do now. I don't have really the language to convey how moved I was because mm-hmm. I re- was reflecting on a lot on timelines and history and how I always go back to how small I feel when I when I see things that have uh, long lineages and when there's material representations of those long lineages like there are in Machu Picchu. Um, And I'm just like, wow. We've been, like, the human race has been around for so long. (laughs) And my existence in, as a part of a continuation of these people must mean something. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to say not to say that I am like of Incan descent or anything, but just the fact that we belong to the same race. I don't know. Wow, There's yeah. interesting reflections to be done there. Mm-hmm. But I said that was going to be short, and that took forever. But yeah, those are basically the places I went to. It's so hard to condense like so much of your experience. Yeah, because you don't want to minimize into, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was sort of. I mean, the summer. Summer was. I, it wasn't as warm. I don't oh, recall it being too so warm. Hot. I had like walked to studio every day because oh. I did a, a film and TV program. Tell us about that. NYU. Oh, it was like the best thing. What? I miss it a lot. I miss all the people who I was with and all the teachers. The teachers were just incredible. 
And what's really exciting now, or, well, we got to, like, make our own stuff. One of the classes we took was creating material, so we got to write, um, like, short films or scenes and then film them in class. (laughs) So I wrote and shot and directed and starred in, which was too much, I realized, after (laughs) afterwards. Um, I'm not Kenneth Branagh, but um, (laughs) a short film called Demon Prom. Ba- it's a, like a horror parody based on a true story. Um, Tell us, give us a synopsis. It's about a group of teenagers who, instead of going to prom, decide to go camping. True experience that I have lived. And they ignore all these signs that they're going to be murdered. Oh. Mm-hmm. Was that true? Well, we didn't ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went anyway, but there were all these weird things that we were like that seemed like they could be red flags. They weren't, but can you give us a little bit of an idea if these became like real threats to the characters in your film or well, did they dodge the It's the the film, the film focuses on really more like the it's very short, it's like 7 5 7 minutes long, but it's like that can be they don't actually go camping. It's, like, it's just, like, the lead-up when they're, like, planning it. Mm. But then there's all these, like, weird things that happen, um, all these weird signs around them. And they're just, like, the oblivious teenagers who are just like, oh, that's weird. Oh, well. So that's... What a great way to live. Yeah. But it's 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 very cheesy and, and bad. But, no. But it was a lot of fun to I'm make. I'm sure it's amazing. Except you won't let me watch it. No, I've volunteered. We'll do it tonight. <laughs> yeah, let's do it tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was from my summer. I kind of wanted to talk about some difficult parts of the summer. Oh, yeah. Because I definitely had a lot of difficult... Like I mentioned before, not only related to the stress of the apartment seeking and stuff, because... That is all, like, superficial to some extent. But I really did have, um, struggle, I struggled with adapting back to New York. And I think there was a lot influencing that. But Mm -hmm. it was, like, a hard time. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, but I, what came, what positive thing that came out of the situation is, one, finding new strategies to deal with stress Mm -hmm. management and just the sadness and, like, depression and, fatigue and exhaustion that can come from feeling stressed a lot like strongly for long periods of time you Mm -hmm. know what I mean um and so I was talking to people and um I learned about CBT um over the summer which has been like my best friend um a lot of people that if you've you know gone through any sort of psychotherapy you've probably heard of this but it's very popular and it's I mean, you've probably heard of it without even having heard of the actual term, Mm -hmm. but CBT stands for Cognitive Behavior Therapy, Um, and it's basically revolves around problem solving and identifying, like, concrete things and thoughts, Mm -hmm. and then identify, and basically, like, making a chart of, like, what the thought is, what your reaction to that thought is, and, um... Well, I want to make sure I give you, yeah, what the situation is, what your thoughts are, what your emotional emotional response is, and what your adaptive response is. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really cool way of just being more organized with your thoughts because when you have too many things looming, like especially if you're like 
I don't know. It, for me, I guess I could give my example. It, it was the fact that I wasn't sure where I was going to live, the uncertainty of of uh, the last year of school and what's going to happen after graduation. I mean, those are still real things that we're still experiencing. Um, I'm sure we will talk about them a lot in this season of Murder Weather. Um, and just like stresses around finances, about school, about friends, about environments, things that are normal. But when you are under high levels of stress, your brain has more trouble kind of um, processing things mm-hmm. and it just can fire up and make and like come up with a ridiculous thought based on on a certain situation so the cbt helps you kind of i feel like i'm like a cbt like announce announcer right now but um it helps you uh kind of categorize your thoughts into more like coherent um ideas and then and then kind of make you recognize the emotional thoughts or the emotions that are clouding your thoughts and making you have the reactions you're having so anyway, I did so much of this this summer, and I have the actual printed out charts where you like write the thought, write how you, and, and I would do that. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so extreme, and to some people, this is not the way to deal with their emotions. But for me, knowing, like, I was talking to a friend about this recently, and we were talking about how, like, my friend went, honestly, to me, like, knowledge, like, um, ignorance is bliss. Like, if I don't know what's going on, I can just live my life. And I told her, and I responded, like, honestly, for me, um, ignorance is just confusion all the time like mm-hmm. not knowing it's yeah. just being confused and being feeling like really out of control like living with a veil over your exactly head. I'd rather know and and for some people this doesn't work like I said for me I'd rather know exactly what I'm going through to then have more of a, it feels like I have more of a handle and more of a control over mm-hmm. the outcome of things yeah um, even when you don't have that control but you do sort of can have the control over how you react to things and how you deal with them. Yeah. And that's, I work so much. And I mean, I'm still, I'm still doing that, but you know, everyone knows I'm super uh, mental health positive and I really advocate for, um, you know, recognizing cognitive behaviors mm-hmm. and, and prioritizing that over, over everything. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a really useful way to kind of bring some form of like organization and stability to, chaos to chaos and you know there are so many things you don't have control over that yeah. i don't know taking control and charge of what you can but if anyone wants to learn more about cbt <laughs> go to the beckinstitute.org this is where i'm getting some of the info right now mm-hmm. to kind of explain it to you all um we can, we can provide the link yeah and they have a really good chart that you can download as a pdf mm-hmm. um to if you want to work on this yourself yeah one I mean, thing that i'm I... not gonna pretend i'm a licensed therapist but <laughs> But this could be a good start. Yeah. Oh, one thing that I've been... I think this is great to acknowledge because, like, this is the badass episode and so much of, like, what comes with doing awesome things and, and... But even just, like, surviving and being tough and everything is, like, knowing how to deal with and having and going through very difficult circumstances or situations and stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time I want to invalidate my problems because I I try to be a globally aware citizen mm-hmm. and I try to be conscious of everything that everyone else is going through in the world and stuff and I and it's easy to just dismiss my worries as saying oh you know I'm very privileged and I shouldn't be worrying about this but in reality mm-hmm. there are nuanced things in my life that 
do like as much as they are not grand in the grand context of like things happening in the world are still affecting me and are still a part of my own reality and i this applies to everyone i mean Mm -hmm. uh and it and yeah working on not invalidating my own stuff is is huge too and i feel like everyone could always do more of that Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah do you have anything else that's been kind of helping you or things that like help improve your mood or just anything that's helped you um, well, because it, because a lot of my stuff this so like the this new semester, a lot of my issues have been around graduation and and like uh, graduation requirements and writing my honors thesis and thinking about those things. Um, it has been really helpful to be to just talk to other peers and people going through the same thing mm-hmm. and just living with like three great friends that are sort of understanding and are on the same like wavelength and can listen to you has been like the best Mm -hmm. I've just been like really grateful for everyone in our apartment for just being like the kindest and like considerate people you know and I feel really we are very um, lucky I've also been watching a lot of YouTube videos (laughs) like I love watching like people that vlog their lives even though I don't (laughs) know much about them like they are just like the I don't know. I like seeing other people's lives. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that a lot. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, one thing I realized recently was just that I was having a difficult time for a, a particular difficult time for a couple of weeks. And I realized just that part of, I think, my issue was coming from I'm with people all the time, the mm-hmm. way my class schedule works. And, you know, I live with three people mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. So I, I, it's not that I wasn't getting interaction with people, but I think part of my issue was that like so much of it was just kind of arbitrary stuff or it was just you know passing stuff and I wasn't having very much sort of very meaningful Mm -hmm. interaction or conversations with people and eventually what made me feel a little better was having just like a very long talk with my mom and then with my dad and Mm -hmm. and that sort of made me realize like just my need to prioritize more every single day having some sort of meaningful interaction with someone in my life that's so important yeah because we live in a city so there's people everywhere and I'm and I'm with people all the time and you know that gives me a certain energy but not but I was still feeling like very isolated and disconnected so that's been something that's helped me yeah and I feel like bringing murder weather back is definitely going to help with that Mm -hmm. because even Audrey and I would like we have rooms next to each other like our doors (laughs) and our walls are we have share a wall (laughs) but like we weren't really talking yeah like for a long time and Uh, we get so stuck in our own worlds you know it happens yeah I mean everyone's so busy yeah but even setting aside the time to do murder weather and like reflect and talk Mm -hmm. about silly things is going to be so helpful I feel and this has always been like a way that we've been able to Connect. like connect yeah. to each other and to people we know who are who are doing really cool things exactly. and then the people who listen exactly so that's ooh. oh my god i'm getting a little bit of like a feeling yeah. oh, exciting yeah and then we already i'm already thinking of people to bring on mm-hmm. uh that are just going to be amazing and you've had a long list of people for a long time yeah so i think it'll be exciting yeah, yeah. oh just and other most of the stuff that's like been Part of what we wanted to talk about in our little schedule for the, this episode yes. was just like, and we've, you know, we've already started just like things that people or things that have been 
don't know, inspiring us or like keeping us calm or or anything. And Mm -hmm. a lot of mine have been like historical or literary figures. Of course. (laughs) It's just been, I don't even, yeah. Should I talk? Tell us more. Tell us more. You need um, to expand now. (laughs) I will expand. Um, Well, one of the things was, I just like really love Virginia Woolf. Oh. And I just find her, like, fascinating as a person as well as an author. Um, and before school started, <laughs> when I had a lot more time, I spent a lot of time, like, in the library reading these huge collections of just letters that she wrote because she had a lot of connections with a lot of friendships and relationships with other very notable writers of the mm-hmm. time, like T.S. Eliot. There are a lot mm-hmm. of letters back and forth. Um, and... One of these people was Vita Sackville-West, who's a lesser-known author, but who was a pretty well-known novelist at the time. And her and Virginia Woolf, like, had an affair. Oh! Um, and she also, like, Virginia Woolf also wrote Orlando, sort of about Vita. Mm. Um, and it's amazing. And then there's just these incredible letters sort of between the two. And a lot of it is just That's kind of lovely. everyday stuff about, like, oh, I saw Richard the other day, blah, 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 blah. But then there's some things that are just, like, so, I don't know, she writes them almost so casually, but they're just, like, I don't know, they just hit me. Like, there's, I actually have one from a letter she wrote in 1935. It's just, this was just the last thing she wrote before signing the letter, and it just said, So let me know, and love me better and better, and put another rung on the ladder, and let me climb up. Wow. And that was, I don't know, for some, that just, like, got me. I was sitting in the library, and I was like, ooh. And a lot of the stuff that I love the most that she writes are just the way she writes about her childhood or, um, like, I think her family had a house in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. And she has this wonderful quote about, like, living there and the passage of time. Do you have it written down? I, I don't. I'm writing a f- screenplay based on the quote. <gasps> oh, my God. But That's so cool. I don't have it exactly, but it was... Oh, I wish I did. I can look it up. I'm trying to recall an anthology that I put together sophomore year that was called Sexuality, Exploration, and Love, Mm. where I put a couple of, well, not a couple, it was like six different works, and I put them in a conversation of reconsidering sexuality as more than just mere, like, biological um, uh, conceptions of it, Mm -hmm. and one of my examples was from a Virginia Woolf text that, like, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the introduction that I wrote for this anthology yeah. to tell you exactly which one it was because it was so long ago, I don't remember. But mm-hmm. there was, like, a, a sort of really a re- insinuated, like, same-sex relationship between two female characters mm-hmm. um, in the text, and it was just, like, but it, it was uh, so a void of like any biological mentions of like sexuality or the body but it Mm -hmm. was like very poetic and and um like floral in its language and that's why i included it and it was so beautiful but now i can't recall what book it was from i found the one i was looking for (gasps) tell us it's why am i so incredibly and incurably romantic about cornwall one's past i suppose i see children running in the garden the sound of the sea at night, almost 40 years of life, all built on that, permeated by that, so much I could never explain. Mm. I don't know, it just, ooh, it brings a little, yeah, so just, I don't know, Virginia, 
always. She had a sad life as well, though. Yeah. Um, I was just reading, if anyone knows, Gloria and Saldua. She's like, um, re- uh, she wrote uh, Borderlands, The New Mestiza, mm-hmm. and a lot of like significant Chicana uh, feminism texts. And she has um, like a very strong critique of A Room of One's Own. She's mm-hmm. like, forget A Room of One's Own, like right in the, like with oh, me or something that, yeah. like that. It's so good. Yeah. Obviously, many people have contested Virginia. Yeah. But, but I mean, you can't deny her talent yeah, yeah. <laughs> and plays in the world, but in other contexts. Anyway. Swerve. Swerve. I'm just, I'm, this is still sort of the same topic, but I'm just I'm just moving forward yes, with tell my us more. other. Um, I just I don't know what made me think of this earlier today, but as I was thinking of just sort of things that I've been pondering a lot, or just have been kind of notions that have been helping me recently. I'm taking a class on uh, the history of U.S. theater, mostly mm-hmm. in like the 19th century, which was a wild time <laughs> in New York. In this class though we were talking about just um sort of female figures in of the time and then um like a lot of there's a lot of prostitution in theaters like prostitutes were where theater or theaters were where prostitutes went to like pick up clients anyway that's sort of unrelated just an interesting fact but there were these two people these two women who were like members of gangs at the time one was annie the goat who was known for headbutting people, just going around and headbutting people, I like love men that her name in the street. Was Annie the Goat. Yeah, that was the name she then garnered because she headbutt people. Mm-hmm. And the other one was um, Hellcat Maggie, Whoa. which is terrifying because she like filed down her teeth, so they no. were really sharp, and was known to bite people's ears off. These were real people. How and do this we? Know? How do we know cultural What's the... climate? Because there are accounts of it, of these people. And what it if they were like gendered conceptions of these people? No, there are like there are photographs and. <gasps> Wait, and what was the name of the cat accounts. one? Um, Hellcat Maggie. Hellcat Maggie. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and they were. I mean, I don't think they were. We this should create unprovoked. like a like a, a like a violence-free women's army that's called mm-hmm. Hellcat, Hellcat Maggie. Ar- yeah. Maggie. They were not violence-free, but I don't think <laughs> they did it unprovoked. I think it was like if they got into a gang fight. But this was also a time when, like, the, for, like, lower class women, Mm -hmm. very few, very limited options. I mean, there are still, that still is true today. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, even for, like, middle class or lower middle class as well, it was, a lot of times it was joining gangs to, to survive or to have just, like, not be resigned to just like domesticity or mm-hmm. I mean not resign not that domesticity you know yeah just to broaden their prospects, prospects. I guess I don't know but yeah so just like think of them and that I'm lucky and I feel like I've been talking a lot no, I guess this it. is a podcast so. this is what we're here for <laughs> yeah and if you are still around person listening kudos right now you kudos to you we're or kudos to us for, for being that interesting for oh, that I hope long. So. All right. Yeah. I guess my la- my last thing. Yes. I promise. Us. The thing I've been obsessed the most with recently is um much ado about nothing. Again, this like obsession comes up for me a lot, but you know, the play by Shakespeare and just like 
the best character of all time, Beatrice. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it, or like, there's a movie version with Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh, and it's and Keanu Reeves, who is so bad. Mm. Um, I've never seen anything yeah. related to this. It's it's funny. It's a really funny play. I like. I have a whole reason why I love Shakespeare. I think Shakespeare's comedies are way better than his tragedies because I think the roles for women are a lot um, better. And the portrayal of women is a lot better. Um, but she's Beatrice is just, like, this witty intellectual. She's arguably, like, the smartest person in the play. And there's mm-hmm. just so many. I feel, like, very close to her. I don't necessarily consider myself, like, very, like, similar to her. But I mm-hmm. feel there's something that I just, like, feel very close to or drawn to in her. And she's just, I don't know, that she, like, undergoes Well, you are very witty and smart. Yeah, but she's just, like, on fire. The comebacks that she has. And there's just so much, like... Beatrice! Beatrice. She's just this character of, like, incredible vulnerability and, like, regret. But then also all this strength and um, intellect. And she's very, like... Sub- Her wordplay is very subversive of, like, the, the givens of rank and gender. But she also is, cr- like, critically aware at all times of like the restraints that they place on her at the same time and I've just been reading a lot of like analysis of her and her relationship with with Benedict who is her ultimate like love interest but who she like argues with from the beginning and there's just yeah so you've been finding comfort in Beatrice I have I like want to do the role so badly let's stage it Maybe we could have a murder weather theater night. Oh, by the way, (gasps) cast and crew of murder weather. I (laughs) joined an acting class as my challenge of the semester. Um, Obviously, following the footsteps of uh, Audrey Perry. Um, Yeah, literally, I am terrible at it. I am so bad, and I have a newfound appreciation for it. I mean, I've always appreciated actors, and I've always thought they did some of the hardest work out there in the performing arts. (laughs) But, like, now, like, actually trying to do it, it's so difficult. Um, But anyway, so basically, I guess you could consider me, like, an up-and-coming actress, yeah, and I could, you know, we could really you're do a rising little, star. <laughs> really, a little murder weather uh, production. Ooh. Um, Ooh, I'd be so down. Like murder weather live. Oh my god! Featuring scenes from Shakespeare's. Oh god! <laughs> Let's do about like nothing. melt on the spot. <laughs> Um, anyway, if you ever want to have a conversation about any of that yeah, stuff, I, um, <laughs> let me know. I'll just like. Here we have our Shakespearean expert. Just combust spontaneously combust um i get super nerdy about it so hit me up clearly yeah my heart's beating fast right now (laughs) (laughs) so what what can you expect from murder weather in the next few months and weeks and episodes um cool guests yeah we have a few ideas for guests to bring on including comedians Mm -hmm. singer songwriters singer songwriters uh, playwrights. Oh yeah, definitely. And oh, other yes. creative people. Another create. Yeah, a lot of yeah. creative people. I also want to do a little, a little thing on my 
um, my Chicana poets. Yeah. So uh, maybe reading some of their poems, or if I get to interview them, hopefully have some clips on here. That'd be yeah. radical. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and ooh, maybe a fun thing we could do, like to keep people listening. <laughs> Is our um our idea for our Halloween costume? Oh yeah, we can reveal that next time. Yeah. Also, yeah. if anyone wa- is wondering how Jim is doing, he's uh, pretty good. He's pretty good. He's no longer with us mm. because he has gone on to greener pastures, if you will. <laughs> greener pastures. He's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> um, very much alive, mm-hmm. except he is currently not with us. But he did say that he was going to do a little. Um, appearance mm-hmm. at one point, yeah. so expect so that. To look forward to, yeah. yeah. Even though he's never, ever, ever been on the mic before, he's yeah. only been behind the scenes. So. I think he's been working his way up to it. Yeah, he, like, I think he, he he's. We'll we'll have him audition or something. See if we we'll, if we'll make sure him. we like like his voice. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't talk a lot, so it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what he would say. Jim, what a dear. Yeah, so that's what you have to expect from us. We'll keep you updated. We promise we're back. We promise we're back. For a little while, at least. At least. <laughs> no, we're going to keep right each on. other accountable. Yeah. Now, should we close with this line that you've been so fond of lately? Get the hens! Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Jesus said unto Satan, get the hens, Satan. <laughs> Which means leave. Get out of here. Get out of um, here. Oh, Maybe we'll we can end with our nice little rain clip. Oh yes. We've decided to um kind of circle this whole thing back, you know, to the title, Murder Weather. So I think each time we'll play a little clip of rain. Maritza has found one for us. My mood is currently like a light Parisian drizzle, but you have you're feeling something different. I'm which feeling is, very forceful. Fine. Yeah. I'm feeling like a strong Peruvian downpour oh. to play on our p- 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 alliteration. P- 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 included. Mm. How would you describe this? To me, it's like I'm in a tent and there's a, the tent is flooding. What kind of emotions is this inciting on you? So I had to pee. Okay. But I'm. Do you feel excitement? I feel fear. Cont- contemplative. 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 I feel pensive. Mm. Yes. I sort of feel like it's brewing something in me uh. that is exciting mm-hmm. and emotive. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm expecting something to happen. Like, maybe some thunder. Maybe, um... Like, you're ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Like, it's rallying me up. Gotcha. Very nice. So, you may wonder, how many clips of rain can there possibly be? How many different kinds of sounds of rain are there? Well, we will answer that question in the weeks to come. There are many. But for now, enjoy this Peruvian downpour. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Murder weather. Adiós.